Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Press Play Game Talk here on Polka Starter Twitter. We have today myself and my co-host, Gaspode, who eventually, fingers crossed, will be joining me for questions. We are going to be taking a look at more things Web3 Gaming. This week's episode is going to be slightly different. But before we get into that, don't forget that if you need anything to do with Web3 Games, whether that be reviews, guides, news, anything like that, or you are lost for what game you could potentially be playing right now, make sure you head over to polkstutter.gg, which is our fantastic platform that has all this information for you. Today, we're going to be talking about something slightly different. Previously, everyone we've had on has either been a game and one time a marketplace with our partners over at Magic Eden. But today, we're going to be talking to some people that can help elaborate on the topic of gaming achievements reimagined. It all sounds very fancy and fantastic to me. Today, we're going to have with us is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Moonlit and Soulbound. So what we'll do first while we try and get my uh, twinny co-host up here, we'll have you guys introduce yourself. Uh, I know Moonlit, yours is working already, so I'm going to start with you. If you could introduce yourself and give us a brief description about what you guys are and what you guys do. Definitely. So I'm Patrick, uh, co-founder and CEO of Moonlit. We are a, this is always a mouthful, a new mobile-first cross-platform development studio in Berlin. Uh, we are developing Rogue Nation, which, get ready for another mouthful, a fast-paced roguelike ARPG. A lot of people don't know what roguelike is, but you've probably played it. Um, the most recent great example is Hades, which is now about to be Hades 2. Um Essentially, you do procedurally generated dungeon crawling. So every time you go into a dungeon or run of levels, it is different. And when you die, you're done with that. And you have to start from the very beginning. So that's what we're up to. And uh, our first game. And I'm sure we're going to get deep into the weeds about uh, all sorts of things. Rogue Nation and Moonlit. <laughs> sounds fantastic it sounds very good yeah i was thinking of as soon as you said you may have played one without realizing hades was actually the first one that came to mind uh for myself as well in the rogue light category as well rather than the old rogue like okay mm -hmm. now also we've got the other account up here of soulbound uh let's hear from you guys at soulbound i believe it's not dubbed behind the mic but if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Soulbound. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Keymaster. I'm a co-founder and the chief community officer for Soulbound. Uh, really thrilled to be with you folks today. I'm uh, so sorry that Dub is having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm sure we will get that figured out in short order. Uh, Soulbound is a non-transferable reputation uh, system that works with excellent communities, games, and creators to drive the interconnectedness and significance of people's uh, engagement and activities within Web3 uh, and gives them a singular place to track those and 
show the, the value and accomplishments they have had across the ecosystem. Uh, we were thrilled to support the Game 3 Awards uh, last November with Pokestarter, and since then, we've put on another 20 partners with some of the best games in Web3. We just launched our first set of community quests with streamers with uh, Secret Agent Stash last week and are looking to expand to really help all of the content creators at communities and games uh, create that level of community engagement and significance day to day that kind of tells the story of web three and what makes it so significantly different from web two in a lot of ways so really thrilled to dig in uh, and hear more about uh, the games from moonlit Excellent. Okay. It looks like we're still struggling to get gas boat up here, but you guys are in luck. We are going to have the beautiful Omar from behind the Polkstarter main account joining me up here as the co-host today. And we'll be replaced swiftly by Gasboat if we can overcome these technical difficulties. So the first question we're going to take a look at today, which I think will go into the title we have for our press play talk today, is why are achievements important to gamers? And I'm going to throw this one first over to Soulbound. Yeah, absolutely. I, the answer, I think, is complex. Really, there's a lot of different way, ways and reasons that achievements are important to gamers. On a certain fundamental level, it shows a connection to the game and is a way to show your friends how much you've accomplished, how much you've done. We've also know many, many users that see it as a real sense of nostalgia. Uh, so much the same way that you might have collected baseball cards or comic books back in the days of physical media, there's a real emotional connection to your first Minecraft map or maybe a particular skin you won in a CSGO tournament, etc. So as we see those achievements kind of pile up, there is that real social hierarchy and emotional layer. There's also of course, a sense of proving your value, proving your ability, proving who you are. And that can run into a lot of different avenues from esports to being offered various uh, opportunities or rewards from new and current games. I really, we, we see this paradigm pushing very deeply into the future as people feel more and more that they own these achievements and that they have more meaning beyond just a walled garden inside a, a typical PlayStation trophy sort of paradigm. Love that. I think, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll dive a bit deeper. I know a bit too much about what you guys do at Soulbound, but I'm, I'm quite intrigued um, to learn a bit more about Moonlit Games. I know you guys, obviously, you've got, uh, you know, a one game focus at the moment um, on your first title. So walk us through, I guess, the importance of achievements from your perspective when it comes to a game such as yours since obviously you mentioned Hades um, if anyone's ever tried it I think you can kind of relate to the frustration that comes with it but also the sense of achievement uh, that comes after completing it so you know what does that look like for you guys in terms of the importance of achievements uh, in your game and you know the inspiration behind um, putting those achievements within your game All right. Um, yeah. So uh, love uh, love what Soulbound said uh, about achievements, um, and it's especially from the social and like personal side. But we we also looked at it from a very like uh, you know a very personal side, like the actual way in which a person experiences 
uh, achievement. And, you know, Quantic Foundry has 12 motivations in which they've identified in gamers. And so this is something that we went through as a team, an exercise started with, okay, what does Web3 gaming do that Web2 cannot as far as each of these motivations? And we went through and did that. And then we looked at Rogue Nation and said, okay, what do we want to index towards and really bring to these players as far as what you know you want to achieve out of these motivations because they help drive that and this is like something that we would call like engagement loops in a game and one of the aspects that we really love about web3 of course is you know the the ledger like the actual item itself having its own history and we have a system called dna and it stands for deeds and achievements and every character and weapon has a DNA that kind of describes it beyond what it just looks like. And I always use this example. If Gaspode could talk, he's probably heard this example like, I don't know, four or five times. But uh, think of Excalibur, right? As as a, let's just pretend like this is a real sword from the past. Um when it came from the blacksmith, it was not Excalibur, right? It was a, a rare weapon. Maybe even in a game, it would be a legendary weapon, a level one legendary weapon. And of course, traditional games have a linear progression and linear achievements where everyone can achieve these things. And then it becomes a measure of how far you are, how many you got. What we're looking at is how do you add a more emergent uh, uh, like layer on top of that. And so this is where this DNA system comes from because all four of us here, uh, well, actually every person inside this uh, uh, spaces could get the same sword, but in a week, in a month, in a year, every single one of these swords would be different because just as Excalibur came from that blacksmith, well, this one went to King Arthur Right, And King Arthur took this into battle and won battle after battle. Some of the knights of the round table, his own clan, like borrowed this sword, took it into battles and won. And like, man, the sword is leveling up. This sword is only winning, right? Merlin's doing his magic. Sword in the stone, Lady of the Lake. A year, two years, this sword has its own unique history and allows it to become this mythical sword that is Excalibur. And so now what you can do is take a lot of these achievements, uh, as, as you were saying, like PlayStation or Xbox or maybe even you know, Steam achievements, and put those in a more emergent way on each item inside the game so you can now allow players to explore and have, uh, I wouldn't say more control, but like a lot more... Uh, I guess, agency to explore and, and create these types of moments and achievements in their own way. It's almost like UGC plus achievements, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I really do like that as an example. I've not heard your Excalibur 
um, reference through it before, but that makes so much sense to me that these items that we all get, they all need to be able to have a record of their history and what they have done. And a sword in your game could start off the same, but then they'll all go out on their different events. And I, <laughs> I really do like that Excalibur explanation of all of that. That's made it very clear to me what you guys are doing. <laughs> okay, so let's go over to Soulbound and see if they can paint us such a glorious picture picture of words with how are the achievements working within soulbound keymaster so obviously we're a little different right because we're not a game we're trying to create the sort of interconnectedness between various games communities and experiences within the web3 cultural ecosystem so for us achievements have much more to do with creating sort of the uh, mosaic of a player's achievements and significance across all of the games they play, everything they bring to Web3, everything that's so critical to creating this sort of new culture. Uh, in that way, we see achievements as really sort of taking off. I think this is a fundamental aspect of what's different about Web3 when it comes to player respect and the ability for players to organize. And we're going to see achievements become something much more than vanity as they become something that can be checked on chain. They become something that can be used interoperably to offer certain uh, advantages or opportunities or access. Uh, so suddenly uh, having built Excalibur uh, within one game, perhaps that unlocks Excalibur in that game and also marks you as the sort of player that should have something interesting offered to them across many games or many experiences or give you access to tournaments and events that otherwise you could not. Uh, in all of these ways, giving the player much more control over their reputation, their story in Web3 in a way that gives them a level of respect and agency that they've never really been able to demand in these sort of games as service paradigms that we've seen bubble up over the last decade. So I, I think achievements are fundamental as a fulcrum to that in showing how a player really actually plays. I mean, that's, that's the big transition that everybody's trying to figure out now, right? How do we start building games that people come to to play as games, as social and entertainment experiences? And, and we think achievements will be that thread that links all of these various experiences and makes them more meaningful and more deeply personal than anything people have experienced thus far. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I want to kind of touch on that point. You mentioned, you know, achievements and, and cross games and things like that. Uh, for someone that's just listening in that hasn't actually, you know, experienced uh, the Soulbound uh, experience or, or isn't familiar with kind of the core of what you guys do, um, how would you explain the difference between traditional gaming achievements and Web3 gaming achievements? We break down the, the walled gardens, I think, is the quickest way that we describe it. You know, right now, if you spend 10 years in World of Warcraft as a major guild leader and then you move to another game, everything you did disappears. You have to start from zero and beg people to believe you and all this kind of stuff. Actually, one of our co-founders experienced that when they, they made that transition. I, and so, and just in so many large and small ways, I, what we're looking to do is to recenter a lot of the control and significance back into the player so that they aren't treated as the product, so to speak. Uh, and we do that by giving the player the ability to collect all of the uh, 
actions that they have done, all everything they have contributed to the various games that they play in one place where they control who they can show it to next, how it can be used to organize uh, independent of any one ecosystem. Yeah, that's an awesome reasoning behind it. I like the idea of, um, I'm sure I've heard you mention the, uh, the Guild Leader and WoW one before, and it's always a good way to explain this and how it's changing and how it differs from Web 2. Um, so going over to Moonlit now, um, we've had Soulbound touch on how it differs from Web 2, but how is Web 3 enabling you to do these things differently, would you say? I mean, really, it just comes down to the fundamental technology and the way in which, uh, you know, each NFT uh, has a ledger. You can tag uh, these events. Of course, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, specifically say track every second of history inside the game. But, you know, when events are done on chain, um, it's just easier to hit the big one. So imagine like live event, uh, like in, in a free to play live ops game where, you know, there's a weekly or a better example would be like a weekend, let's call it like the red dragon event. And, you know, you and three other people can go into this dungeon or go into this platform to like take on uh, a red dragon right um this could be something that is worth cataloging right uh so more than anything it's just looking at the individual uh i don't want to call it transaction history but essentially looking at the ledger of each individual nft and what it's done and making sure that from the game side that we have the correct parameters set for the correct events to actually catalog on an individual character or item. If that makes sense or, or is like now just like even more convoluted. <laughs> Can I just say, I think it sounds so cool as an approach for a roguelike to, to make the NFTs feel special and unique. I, I, I we, Obviously, we're dealing with a lot of partners that look at evolving NFTs in various ways, but I think your application is really exciting. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, thank you. I think, you know, it's definitely an interesting take. And I think you guys might be slightly different in terms of the approach. Reason being, I was going to ask um, from a player progression uh, standpoint, I guess, how could you validate that uh, a player has actually leveled up a certain item and hasn't just acquired it on a marketplace but i'm assuming with you at moonlit um patrick it's it's more you know you're actually open to the idea of people swapping and trading um you know these nfts that are leveled up whereas i think on the soulbound side if we're dealing with soulbound nfts there's a bit more reputational component to it where it's like only this user and you cannot transfer this nft so it can't go to anyone else but only this user um, has actually achieved this thing or has actually reached that level. So maybe I'll, I'll start with you uh, on, on the Moonlit side. Um, so what's the logic there in, in kind of allowing gamers to transact or, you know, for lack of better terms, uh, trade their upgraded, uh, leveled up, you know, achievement NFTs? Yeah, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is that we really believe in player agency and it doesn't mean like the, the you know, if, if you don't do it our way, you don't believe in it. It's just uh, the way in which we are trying to execute 
against giving as much autonomy to an individual uh, when they come into this game. I also think that there's, uh, you know, a communal aspect to playing games. You know, we're going to be a free-to-play, we say mobile first because we'll be cross-platform, but mobile is, you know, our bread and butter. And uh, we're, we're really like the massive scale is. Um, and for us, what we've seen in our careers being on, you know, some pretty large titles is the community aspect really, I mean, we're in web three. So what do I have to tell you guys about community aspects, right? <laughs> but it really helps drive uh, in-game actions. And so part of that is like being able to, you know, uh, share your weapon, uh, sell your weapon, you know, give your weapon. Um, but that transaction is, is important. And also part of the history, like you can imagine, you know, like I'll throw a sports analogy out, but, you know, there's a difference between a replica uh, Michael Jordan jersey, a game version, authentic uh, Michael Jordan jersey, and the Michael Jordan jersey shooting the last shot, winning the NBA championship jersey, right? So there's just like a lot of different levels. And, you know, one of these items, like all these items are sought after, but each one of these to a different degree. And I think, you know, at some point, the way in which, it, like this is like far future, but the way in which, you know, game-worn gear, you could imagine having, uh, uh, like, let's just use League of Legends if it went Web 3. Like, all of a sudden, you get a character that was used by, so I, I don't know any famous League of Legends players i just know that it's a big esport <laughs> sorry anyone that's uh that's you know you know master above um so but you can imagine that that people would be really excited to have some item or character or gear from this individual the very same way that people are very excited about that in the physical real world and so this is just one offshoot of many emergent ways that we see the community and the interactions between individuals uh, possibly going. So really it comes down to player agency and autonomy and us looking and trying to support like more emergent ways in which people can engage with games and uh, themselves within a community. Yeah, I like both sides of that. The idea of you are proving that you have got this uh, um, this achievement yourself when you were in charge of this sword. And then the other side of it as um, Bjergsen is a one I remember as a top League of Legends player, but I swapped over to Dota 2. Uh, so I could imagine if I had something that was owned by him and I was still into League, that would also be just as important to myself as the... Uh, things you could achieve with that weapon or sword yourself so i really do like that idea of it um and obviously it's going to be different for you guys over at soulbound um just because of the nature of your thing being different from a game itself but the question that comes to me is as you can't trade these soulbound tokens or soulbound achievements you're having because obviously it's kind of in the name it's soulbound what happens if you lose access to the wallet that you had these soulbound tokens to? Is there any fail-safe for you to still prove that, yes, I was actually wicked sick at this, but I'm actually terrible at keeping track of my wallet? 
So we're working on some solutions for that. I, I can't share all of the internal infrastructure on it as it does get fairly complicated when you start digging into account abstraction and uh, community uh, qualification for uh, various accounts. There are some solutions. During season, season zero, we do encourage people to be very resolute with their, uh, their security, right? I, in the same way that there's very limited options once your wallet has been hacked and your NFTs and your crypto have been drained. I, if you are not uh, securing your wallet and your security that holds your soulbound tokens, it, it will certainly be a problem. I, so I think that's kind of where we're leaving it for now. I, it's kind of an ever escalating question as you deal with bad actors in the space and, and that kind of thing. And you have to balance between people being able to recover an account because of their uh, lack of uh, safety and allowing scammers to claim things they don't deserve, right? And in this space especially, there, there are a lot of opportunists. So we tend to be a little bit conservative on that side. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for giving us that context. Obviously, um, you know, we know quite a bit more uh, than what's public about what's happening in the background with Soulbound um, as we look to onboard more games, uh, obviously, across both our platforms. But I wanted to ask, you know, maybe a slightly different question. But in terms of, you know, it's one thing to just say person X was present at this event. Therefore, here's an achievement or, you know, this player has completed that quest. Therefore, here's an achievement. Um, I'm wondering more from like a let's say, a rarity perspective, right? Like, you know, if you, if you think about the PlayStation trophies, there's always the Platinum trophy, which is always ultra, ultra, super rare. Uh, very few players have it, but once they do, I think that's kind of the accolade. That's the that's the badge that they wear with pride. So, you know, with regards of potential of rarity and kind of, you know, having super difficult um, soulbound NFTs or having maybe even for you on the Moonlit side, um, super, super rare uh, swords or whatever the items are based off of how many hours you've played, how many tournaments you've won, etc., etc. Could you help us? Maybe I'll start with you, Keymaster, since you know you just last spoke, and then we'll move on to Mullet. Could you help us? Uh, maybe in terms of your imagination, what what kind of ideas could we see? Well, what are the possibilities that Web three could open up with some of these games? Earth to key master. I'm uh, sorry, I was on mute. There you could, go. <laughs> could you uh, could you restate that question just a little bit? I want to make sure I'm answering. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> no worries. I was saying in terms of the potential that Web three presents for, I guess, different uh, forms or different rarity levels across these achievements. Um, you know, what what do you foresee happening? Since obviously you're working with so many different games, you know, what is what excites you about this part um, of Web three? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to take on so many different sort of iterations. You're going to have sort of just your proof of attendance, proof of being there at various epochs, let's say, through a game's history. So one thing we're working on right now, uh, many games are in alpha or beta experiences and are dealing with that sort of connectivity with the community as they have to restart things, recreate things. And so building that story of significance and building together in public through these kind of more robust achievements and achievements that can only be claimed at certain time points uh, is going to help kind of 
give people that sense of significance and, and story for themselves. And then on the, the other end, the sort of, so that's the lower, low hanging fruit that is gated essentially by time, right? By your having to have been there in the moment. On the other end, you have the ability to track achievements that are more singular. So at this point for a, a particular game or a particular console or Steam or what have you, I you can only go so far with those really specific achievements for one player like, like we have i think four elden lords on our team i uh, we certainly like enjoy showing off to each other our achievements and games and that kind of a thing but it's a little different when you can really start having specific achievements for specific tournaments or you know you were the first player to achieve this within the first week of the update there's a lot of different ways to give people that sense of individual significance that really drives community organization and engagement uh but really kind of makes this feel more special as well uh without everything being directly financialized if that makes sense Yeah, I love the idea of what you're explaining there, old Keymaster. The idea kind of comes to me that because um, obviously you will be hosting many a different game, it's hard for you to put a rarity on a specific task because to me that would kind of feel like you're giving favoritism maybe to one game over another if some of them started to get more rare just because it is from a bigger game or something like that. But in the case of yourselves, Moonlit, because it is your game, it's your achievements that are in your game, is there going to be higher rarity of achievements that can be placed onto these items? I'm going to keep going back to the sword just because I like the Excalibur analogy you gave earlier. So like when there's stuff going through and maybe, I don't know, dungeons complete, is that going to add to the rarity of the sword if it's a harder thing for someone to complete? And obviously, I feel this is going to be easier potentially for you to implement as you've got full control over just the one game. Uh, so right away, uh, yes, like there's absolutely going to be rarity, just as there's rarity in our experience, you know, through life. Um, people's experiences through the game, there, there was literally one Excalibur, right? Um, and so the path to get there. And I think we have a very cool and interesting system to highlight that in game and add that to um, at least the uh, single player or co-op uh, power curve. But, you know, we're really excited to see like a lot of the emergent uh, uh, kind of, uh, oh, why am I forgetting the name? We were talking about achievements. Uh, so, you know, these emergent, uh, achievements will certainly be rare and you know just again to use like a raid as an example where you watch a wow streamer essentially solo a raid that you, you know usually takes like you know six to eight of your buddies well like there there is just a gap there where they've achieved something that you cannot and we can see that this person soloed the raid versus hey you and six others had to kill this dragon and so, of course, there will be that aspect where, hey, there is some skill involved in achieving this, and then some just more emergent, like maybe you, maybe this item has passed hands, you know, a hundred times, a thousand times, whatever it is. It's kind of rare. <laughs> it's like the top end of, of trade, right? This thing has uh, been around the world. Uh 
which also could be a you know another thing like you know imagine Excalibur being owned by people from all seven continents you know be pretty rare to have someone in Antarctica uh, but we look forward to them playing um you know there's just like really it's endless and uh we also have some ideas on tying this into uh, the game and the way in which you can kind of peacock uh, these types of achievements. I'd be really interested, like from from Keymaster, because you know, as as you have uh, this platform in many games, and you know, for us, we we certainly want to have multiple games. Um, but when showing off these uh, achievements, you have some like some type of emotes within the game, so people can like see a bit of like cross reference of like as you said, like uh, you know, you have a couple Elden Lords. Are they able to show other people in other games, like or at least on your platform? Because this is something that we are looking forward to in the future, right? Like we're focused on one game, but we want to have multiple games. You're already in that position, right? Yeah, so we're talking to a couple of different publishers about various strategies for interlinking uh, their various games. Uh, emote skins, uh, sort of uh, advanced uh, characters or positions. There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of tackle that. Uh, and, and we're kind of here for all of it, uh, in all honesty. If, if you're super into having emotes in your game across games, we would love to chat, quite honestly. That sounds really cool. I... It's uh, that, that, that's sort of where we are with it. We're trying to find lots of different ways to bring those communities together and, and combine them. So far as on our platform, yes, that's a very big part of what we're trying to do is to give people the ability to control what they're showing off and what they're proud of across all of these various games and experiences. I think it's awesome that you uh, just asked that question for us there, Moonlit. It's actually one I'm going to follow up and actually direct <laughs> at yourselves as well, more than the Soulbound guys. I like the idea that you've put forward there, Keymaster. But the way I'm envisioning it, I don't think it would work with Soulbound. But for Moonlit, if you're all creating the one game you've got and now the rest of the games you're still making in your own universe, how are people actually going to see these achievements? What I'm imagining at the moment in my head is, do you remember if you linked an item in WoW, then you'd hover the mouse over the linked item and it would have all the details? Would that be how people would be looking at Excalibur to see all the different achievements that are, is on there? And then I'm thinking maybe something along the lines of a library where you can go and scout out some of these things or how do you plan to give such detail about some of these items to the player in a gamified way that isn't just go to our website, look at Spreadsheet Y, and you can find out what this sword has? Uh, I mean, you literally just nailed uh, one of the inspirations for how we're approaching this, <laughs> at least visualizing it to the player. Um Because th this is exactly it, right? Like, oh, hey, cool technology, but you have to make it easy for the players. Like, it, you know, as, as much as we're leveraging this new and creative uh, ways of integrating blockchain into a game, uh, at the end of the day, if it doesn't feel nice, if it doesn't look nice, players don't give a crap. Like, now you're making them do work. They're here to play games. Um, so, yeah, for us, we're really kind of going over a couple uh, UI UX uh, options because... You know, again, like if, if you're playing on your phone, you don't want to throw walls of text at someone. Um, 
So we're going with a, a couple different ways in which you would show DNA of a character of a weapon just right on the the character or weapon screen. And of course, because the longer you use it, the more of these uh, um, achievements will be attached to it. Um, at a certain point, uh, I don't want to like throw out you know some alpha, some in-game alpha that won't be in for like a couple months. But we are also tying it to possible uh, interesting boosts, not like you know plus twenty-five percent damage, but like some really like interesting. Uh, things tied to each of the achievements and how that might look. So then all of a sudden you really want to know like, okay, what is this sword bringing to the table and how would I allocate some of these bonuses um, in different situations? And so now all of a sudden there could be a very real in-game reason like, hey, these achievements are actually like, I can do something really cool and interesting with this sword based on that. And of course, like for us, this is very early. We need to make sure that it feels uh, good, that it's balanced well, um, and also that it fits on screens because again, you don't want some, you know, huge uh, uh, list of achievements uh, while you just want to see like, okay, what are the top ones? And then have something that um, like, like, as you said before, we're calling it like the the Book of Rogues, where you can go see some of these characters in in more like mythic weapons, so like the highest level uh, 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 weapons and characters. Very much, and yeah, yeah. I guess it's like really like the, just the best example, like wow, and how they how they did it. But we're trying to bring that into you know more of m more updated and maybe even a little more user-friendly. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I want to kind of maybe change things up a bit and, and ask a, an open question. You know, George, feel free to answer <laughs> as well. But uh, I'm curious to know, you know, across the board, everyone that's up. Sorry, I couldn't get you up, Dub. I really tried super hard. I can see all the, the emojis that you're spamming. Uh, same for Gaspode. But across the board, what has been your favorite, you know, favorite for whatever reason if it's you know because it was super difficult or it was your favorite task or your favorite quest or whatever but what has been your favorite game achievement of all time i'll start with mine um probably modern warfare the classic one not not the new one modern warfare 2 platinum because going through all the spec ops missions and and grinding i think for something between eight to nine months uh is definitely something that i always remember uh, you know the lobbies with your friends kind of the, the special ops missions and so on and so forth so for me i think modern warfare 2 platinum trophy definitely up there uh i think it's also only like five or seven percent of all modern warfare 2 players uh that ever played it on playstation have that so i'll start with you guys you know whatever order you prefer george you can go next uh and anyone that's tuning in as well feel free to you know drop that down as a comment uh click that shiny little purple icon at the bottom dub you know since we can't bring you up here maybe uh spam us in, in the comments as well but george over to you favorite achievement of all time uh, favorite achievement of all time. Um, I don't know if I have one favorite, but all of mine would be all of the ones that you could get in the Minecraft, uh, both games, Bedrock and Java, as I used to be a big, uh, well, I wasn't big. I just used to stream a lot of Minecraft, <laughs> both types. But I would say out of all of them, it would have to be on the rail 
which was the achievement for traveling 500 blocks on a rail, basically, just because of the sheer pointlessness of building 500 blocks worth of rail just to sit there and ride it for about three minutes. <laughs> I just love the idea of how much of my time was wasted just to get that. Um, let's go over to Soulbound. Next. All right, so I am very old. So this is from the old Sierra Online Adventure point-and-click games. Uh, but there used to be a series called Quest for Glory. It was a five-part series. Each one took, you know, 20 or 30 hours, maybe more. And I discovered when I was, this is when I was young, uh, that if you beat the first one uh, in a particular way, you got to be a paladin. And that had, you were able to bring your uh, experiences and your accomplishments between each game. So it influenced how the next game started and the story of the next game. And beating the Paladin arc across all five Quest for Glories uh, is probably the most intricate thing I've done. Awesome. Let's go over to Moonlit, the final one. I will also go a bit old school. And, you know, like now thinking about it, I wish there was a more like permanence to it because. Uh, Back in the day, so I, I grew up in Seattle, um, so Xbox was kind of uh, everyone's weapon of choice. And, uh, of course, Halo was, like, a, a very big part of our lives. And Halo 2 came out, and, like, I still remember all of the, the like, the, the voice when you'd get, like, a double or a triple kill or a kill-tacular um, and you had this, like, it was like, I don't know, maybe four or five second window in which if you got enough uh, kills, it kept going. And in Halo 2, it capped out at seven. And this was Kilimanjaro, uh, which like to actually get it in a, in a competitive, well, competitive, in, like an online game. I mean, I, I like I only ever did it once. And uh because you have to just kind of get lucky. <laughs> so there's like a bit of luck, but also skill because it's PvP. And I wish like I, I could have something that is more permanent that like shows this. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of these types of games that, you know, FPS games, because I'm also massive Call of Duty fan, where it's like, damn. Uh, it, and they kind of switched it up. So you could at least peacock it a lot more uh, with, you know, the titles and all of the uh, the way in which your like name is displayed, but back then this was something that like you know only your friends knew, uh, but it was like super special. Um, so that, like even though it's just like a minor in-game achievement, this is one that like I really remember because it was just first of all the name is like super cool, and also uh, you know there's a bit of luck and skill involved. Yeah, I do like the idea of if it was easier back then to be able to peacock on even just random strangers for all the achievements we were able to get back in the day as well. But it sounds like both uh, both of you guys up here are working to get that done. We do have some achievements as well. I'll read out uh, from Dub, who should have been up here speaking. Uh, what was it? He said he is expert spaces joiner is the achievement that Dub is most proud of. 
And for Gaspard, who is also meant to be up here, it was more not a single achievement, but he used to play even the most terrible games on Xbox when he was in university type time, just to get all the achievements possible, even if the game was terrible. <laughs> so that's a good one to see as well. I think that falls in line with my uh, pointlessness one of the 500 meter rail. Uh, so we're actually coming up to the end of the time that we have here today. So we'll start with Soulbound. Soulbound, can you just let us know where everybody can find out about you and keep up with what you have going on? Absolutely. Uh, the best place to drop in is our Discord. Uh, that's uh, uh, You'll find the link in, in our Twitter bio. I, we are running lots of different promotions and tournaments and uh, various events with partners. Uh, so come on through. You may already qualify for some MXP. Uh, and as you earn it, you can gain access, early access to a number of different games and experiences. Uh, you may also see our Soulbound channels in some of your favorite games discords as we are launching a number of them over the, the course of the next month. So really thrilled to meet people. Uh, don't don't be shy. Come say hello. I'll be in the Discord. Fantastic. Thank you, Keymaster. And Moonlit, please let us know where we can keep up with what you guys have coming out. And if anybody needs to find out more about you, where they should be heading. Definitely. Uh, you can certainly find out everything you need to know uh, on our Twitter, inside of our Discord, which the link is in our bio. Um, you can also uh, find us on Magic Eden for Mint Madness this month. We will be having our first mint on the 29th, of course, for the high price of free. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we really believe in uh, the whole free-to-play uh, aspect of this. Uh, so really excited to get that first mint out. It'll give you access to our first playable. This is like a very early... I, I, I purposely don't say prototype, but uh, in about four weeks, we will have our first playable. The NFT will grant access to that. And very excited to get players in the game. If you're interested, hit us up. Uh, Twitter, Discord, we're doing all sorts of whitelisting. And uh, yeah, please join us on... Uh, join Join us to the moon on March 29th. I don't know. I just made that up. It's, it's, it's not our, it's not our, it's not our it, was, it was pretty catchy, though. It was pretty catchy. I liked it. We should have wrapped up the show with that, to be honest. <laughs> okay so uh big thank you to both of you guys coming out and showcasing your projects for us big thanks to everybody in the audience as well as always it's always fantastic to see loads of you out here gaining some more knowledge about the gaming web 3 space um i have been george in the meta you can find me that under that name on pretty much everything from TikTok, Kick, Twitter, everything. You'll find me, George, in the meta. Obviously, we are Polka Starter. You need to go over to polkastarter.gg to find out more news, guides, reviews, anything Web3 Gaming. It's games stuff for gamers by gamers. Thank you all for coming out. We will be back next Wednesday. Until then, peace and goodbye. <laughs>